0: Hello and welcome to ITIC Insight, the podcast which shares loss prevention advice from ITIC, the world's leading provider of professional indemnity insurance for transport professionals everywhere. Welcome to another episode in the Insurance Broker series. I am Robert Sniffen, an underwriter at ITIC, and today I am joined by John Brown from Marsh in London. Hello, John. Morning, Robert to start off with, if you could tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and you know how long you've worked with Marsh, and what your role is, if that would be okay?
1: Yeah, sure. So, well, I started in the industry in 1983, so I've been doing it for quite some time. I've actually, this is my second stint at Marsh, so I actually joined Marsh in 2000, spent five years with the company, and then left and went to a small, independent London wholesale broker. And then in 2013, I was fortunate enough for, for Marsh to want to have me back. So I rejoined the marine liability team then. And for the last, I suppose, three years, maybe 4 not quite sure, I've been running the team. So, yeah, there's, there's 20, 24 of us split between the Nor- Norwich and London offices. Just want to say a big shout out to the team. Yeah, and that's, that's, so that's, that's my role currently.
0: So what is the uh, team primarily function? Is it marine or does it include other aspects?
1: No, it's pretty much just marine. We've got, as you can imagine, it's quite a big team for marine liability. Yeah. And it does touch various different parts of the marine liability world. I mean, we do some club Mm. reinsurance business. As you know, we do some marine PI with you guys and other markets we do offshore construction, decommissioning, obviously, ports and terminals, including property, US business, umbrella. You know, it's a very broad and varied book, I would say. And it's quite a privilege, really, because it means we, we get to see a real variety of accounts, get to engage with a real variety of markets. So, yeah, so ev- ev- every account is slightly different, and it's all very interesting work.
0: Hmm. Is that mainly in in the US, like you said, or is it all over the world as well as the UK?
1: No, it's all over the world. In fact, probably you might be surprised our US business, because they've got quite a mature market in the States. We probably don't have as much US business as maybe people might think. I mean, it's still a significant part of the portfolio and one that we're obviously always keen to grow. But it's geographically, it's a very broad book, you know, Far East, Middle East, Ea business, which is obviously now becoming much more of a challenge to handle because of the Brexit situation. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's really it's a it's a global book as you can imagine because obviously Marsh is a global broker. So yeah, never a dull day.
0: I <laughs> suppose <That's laughs> for of sure. you were you were setting up an office in in Europe. I guess you just used that office for most yeah, of your exactly, company, right? yeah, yeah it,
1: exactly that in Belgium. Yeah. We've got we've got a, a team of. Five people that can can work on EEA business within marine liability, and they've restricted the numbers due to obviously new regulations. So sadly, there's a few of us, myself included, that can't be as involved on EEA business as previously, which is a little bit of a shame. But it, and it's it's meant we've had to have a reshuffle of who handles what within the team, and of course this coincides with a general hardening of the market and some European markets not having the appetite to write some of the business in the marine liability space that they used to, which, of course, means there's sort of a little bit of extra pressure on us because as their markets slightly fall away at the moment, that they're leaning on, on London markets more heavily. So the timing of that's not been perfect. But, you know, as with all of these things, a normal level of, of business and service is found, and, and we're just going through that process at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, you touched upon the, the hardening market. Is that I mean, how overall was your book... I mean, your book's quite diverse and wide ranging. But I mean, has it been performing over the last twelve to twenty-four months?
1: Well, in terms of performance of our book, you know, at this point in time, we we well, we're very lucky as a company. Anyway, you know, we've got some very good, high-quality risk-managed business. It's it's within most people's appetite to write, so we've got plenty of market. And because it's generally at the quality end of the of the spectrum, as it were. generally speaking from one year to the next, the business for underwriters seems to run well. And we've got no lack of appetite from the market to want to engage with us. So I think we know that we're in a privileged position from that point of view. There have been some instances where a few underwriters have changed their appetite. So we've had to to remarket one or two things. But that's the normal ebb and flow of transitioning from one market to another market. So none of those things should be that surprising to anybody. And as I say, the the hardness of the market is being driven by several significant G-risk audit code losses to the market. And, you know, we we, we have to navigate as best possible the, the state of the market to do the best job for our clients. And seemingly, you know, despite COVID, obviously, we still have a very good engagement with underwriters. We're still in constant contact at all levels of the market, leaders and followers. And, you know, touch wood, the business has functioned quite well for us, you know, in the, I don't know, 14 months now, is it? Since mm. since we were all properly in the office. We've, we've been very lucky. I think probably some other brokers have had more significant challenges in terms of market appetite to write their business than certainly we have. So that's a blessing for us.
0: Yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, 14 months, we almost from the UK perspective, you know, out of the woods. Maybe often will start to open Wines well, on you know on the seventeenth of May onwards. I believe that's when Lloyds is opening, isn't it? Do you think, you know, from your perspective, the um, you know, the way we work is going to change and whether you're going to be going back into London or your some of your team are going to be going back into London. Or how do you think, you know, COVID has affected the you know the queuing up in Lloyds going to go into Lloyds? Is that still going to is that going to happen again? Or do you think it might, you know, change slightly going forward?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I think I think the nature of the way we do our business will obviously change. I think there have been some real benefits in terms of using Zoom or Teams, whereby we probably have more face-to-face dialogue with clients than ever before. I mean, clearly they're not in a position to come over and visit and, and do those market presentations and meet their respective underwriters. But because Zoom and Teams have become such a, an integral part of what we're doing, it's very easy now to get a group of six, seven, or eight people sat down in the same on, on the same call to, 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 to have face-to-face dialogue with clients. So I think we're probably more connected now with our clients than maybe we were pre-COVID. So I think that's a really good thing. That, so so there are there have been some real benefits. And I think the key is to try and keep the momentum. Of those clear benefits going, it would be, what, what concerns me a little bit, I suppose, is how easy it is, is it going to be for us all to drift into the old normal ways and maybe lose some of the, the good disciplines that we've been forced into using over the last 14 months. I think Marsh is being extremely pragmatic about how the future of the business looks, and, and and recognizes that for some people in some roles, the flexibility of working from home occasionally has been, in terms of lifestyle, something that's very welcome. So I think that there'll definitely be a hybrid, and and that's that's a very good thing. Of course, the challenge will be at this point in time, we as brokers pretty much know where the underwriters are. You know, they're pretty much available on their phone or. or available to have a zoom call you know subject to their own diary obviously yeah Um, i I think the problem will come more when some people are in lloyd's some people are in their office some people from marsh are working from home some people from marsh are in the office you know it's it's much easier to conduct our business when we know where everyone is which at this point in time is generally speaking at home so that's going to be the challenge but in, in many ways it's a nice challenge to have because it means that you know, the, the business can be recalibrated and, and hopefully we'll, we'll keep the good disciplines and lose some of the maybe more old-fashioned disciplines, if I can call them old-fashioned. <laughs> well, I, I don't really mean to say that. I know I, I think, yeah. I think the whole real strength of Lloyd's has been the ability, or, or the London market in Lloyd's, I should say, has been the ability to, for us to engage with face-to-face dialogue with underwriters because sometimes over email nuances can be lost. And I think having that face-to-face engagement um, and to, to create clarity at the outset of what's being sought and asked for is is a really you know immense value for our clients and indeed us you know in terms of helping us broke the business properly. I hope we don't lose those those some of those old-fashioned disciplines. If I can...
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I think yeah you are. right. It's going to be a mixture. I think it's quite nice to having the uh, the ability to do a video conference, especially with brokers you know outside of the uk to keep that up because obviously face-to-face meetings obviously haven't happened and it does at least having that you know interaction with someone on a zoom or life size or microsoft teams or you know other services are available (laughs) Um, it does it does it kind of you know at least it makes that a little bit easier and i think I do think the travel aspect will come back a little bit quicker, maybe, because I think the face-to-face is still something quite important and broken. But I do think, you know, like you said, the working from home aspect and the splitting of time that is definitely going to be something we're going to see for a very long time. And the challenge, like you said, is going to be definitely half the team's going to be in the office and half the team's going to be working from home. And, you know, you, cont- you, you want to keep that contact up, don't you?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because you and I went through a stage last year of having quite a lot of dialogue. You know, and I, and I wonder, were it not for COVID, if we'd have been quite so well connected during that period of time. So, you know, I can't say that we, I can't say that we would or we wouldn't. It it just doesn't feel to me like the distance between us because of COVID was to the detriment of what we were trying to trying to achieve at that point in time. So there are, you know, there are real positives from this. One of the frustrations, I think, is is relates to the younger members of staff and, and how they're progressing in terms of learning, because I think a lot of that happens through osmosis in an office environment. Yeah, But by the same token, some of those younger folks have probably taken on different skills and, and, and different responsibilities that are of equal value. And, and if their insurance knowledge has been slightly frustrated, I think we all have to acknowledge that it's only a brief moment in time. It doesn't feel that way. But, you know, in, 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 in the great scheme of one's career, this is really only a very short moment in time
0: yeah no totally i think the younger generation i was talking to a guy in our office who'd only been in our company for a couple of years and you know he, he kind of reluctantly doing the video call to phone up someone to ask them a question becomes a little bit you know he doesn't want to you know keep interrupting people but you know when you're, yeah. in office, when you're in an office environment you can probably just pop over to someone's desk and have a quick two-minute chat so um yeah but like you say it's only it's only a small blip in their entire career so hopefully it won't impact them that far going forward yeah
1: and, and the other thing is, of course, I suppose it depends on your relationships. You know, some some members of the team may be reluctant to get in touch with an underwriter for fear of seeming like they're bothering them. Yeah. So that may that may encumber them in terms of doing what they want to do. I mean, it certainly doesn't encumber me because, frankly, you know, I, I, I know it doesn't bother me if I'm bothering underwriters. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it bothers me, <laughs> yes, if, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. I probably I've, I've got a relationship with most of the people I deal with over a, over a long period of time, and whilst they might not want to take my call, generally they probably have to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I think maybe at the start of it, we're all a little bit, you know, we don't want to keep bothering people, but I think we've all got to the point now where we're all a little bit more relaxed about the whole the whole world we are currently living in. So, yeah,
1: I mean, and it, it has had, we, we've had to recalibrate a little bit because. You know, At the outset, I think my expectation was that if I sent an underwriter an email, if I didn't get a response very, very quickly, I'd be thinking, well, what could you possibly be doing? You know, <laughs> you can't be playing golf. You can't be on holiday. You can't be doing this, that and the other. And, and I think we, we have had to recalibrate that slightly because in the same way as you wandered over to Lloyd's and, and the person you were seeing wasn't at his desk, you wouldn't question why they weren't at their desk at that point because they may have, some other responsibility they have to do in the office. There may be some management issues they need to deal with. So once you understand that all those existing pressures still still exists, and you recalibrate your your, your the the time you expect a turnaround, your turnaround time. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you know, as long as it doesn't drift into days and weeks, then yeah, exactly. You know, you you've got to sort of recalibrate slightly. I think.
0: Yeah, you can't accuse all the under-eyes of being down a pub when there was no, no, no. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. I mean, what do you, um, I mean, finally, I think we should, uh, yeah, we can kind of wrap this one up. But I just, you know, what do you think for the rest of the year? I mean, now, obviously, you know, the, the world is slowly opening up, should we say, and things are slowly changing. I mean, how do you see the market performing over the next 12 to 18 months? Do you think the COVID How you know the impact of COVID is going to be felt for at least another couple of years, or I mean, or do you think it will change quickly? I mean, how do you how do you think what's going to happen? That's such a difficult question to answer. Oh yeah, no, I realise that. That's why I thought. No, 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 no. Well, no, I'm I'm
1: happy to 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 give you as good an answer as I can. So, if we wind the clock back twelve months, there was significant concern across all of our businesses. I'm sure, not just in Marines. As to what the financial impact would be on our clients. I mean, clearly, the aviation industry must be in a, in a very difficult and dark place. And I can't speak for other lines of business. You know, I can't speak on behalf of FIMPO cli- clients or DNO or, or, or other clients. But certainly, very fortunately, from a marine liability point of view, most of our clients have proven to be much more resilient to, to this pandemic situation than I think I could ever have dreamed that they would be. And, And most, some have taken a little bit of a hit for sure, but most have managed to trade through really quite successfully. I'm not saying without their own individual challenges, but in terms of the strength of the underlying businesses that we handle, it seems to be very, very strong. So what the future, you know, whether there's a tail there that we're going to see, you know, some more negative movement in terms of our clients' fiscal well-being over the next 12 months, I really couldn't say. But at this stage, most of our clients seem to be transacting their business very well. Um, and, of course, in adversity, there's always opportunity in certain areas. So, again, some, some clients may have actually been able to pick up their business during these difficult times and maybe others have been a little bit hit to it to a larger extent that they would have liked. But overall on balance, you know, I I haven't yet witnessed a tail off in our clients' activity levels. Yeah. Yeah. Which which does surprise me, you know, and long may that continue because obviously we want in the same way as we want a good fiscally sound insurance market, we need good fiscally sound clients to insure.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 No, so yeah. be interesting to see what happens well i think we um we can uh, wrap up here and i'll just uh, leave me to say that um thank you for uh, taking the time out to record this i appreciate it
1: no no problem absolutely my pleasure nice to see you
0: yes as always yes and uh, no, no doubt it we can end it there thank you
1: all right cheers robert thanks
0: thank you for listening to Itic insight We hope you found this edition interesting and informative. To ensure you never miss an episode, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts.